Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the last day of May 2022. Happy last day of May. I hope you had a good May. It's uh, May 31st, 2022. It's a Tuesday. It's technically I'm recording this on Memorial Day, so it's Monday for me, but it's like looking into the future, and you can't really get any useful information like winning lottery numbers. Anyway, I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate it. Probably going to be a, a, a truncated, abbreviated show today, but we shall see. Sometimes my mouth gets the better of me. Uh, programming note, the Locals page is up. For those of you who don't want to uh, get the Week in F and Review because it's at patreon.com or whatever, I uh, set up a Locals page. I, I, You know, it's Locals charges an awful lot. I'm all for, hey, let's... Uh, Let's do this thing. Let's keep it all in the family or whatever. But when the family's ripping you, when you got an uncle who's ripping you off, I'm not really sure. What, it's like twice as much as um, as uh, Patreon charges. And then you add into it the processing fee. They got their scam processing company. Oh no, we're conservative. We're not gonna. And uh, okay, well you're you're taking an arm and a leg. You end up getting like a third, like a third. It's nowhere close to that. So uh, anyway, it's up there at Patreon, or no, not Patreon, at uh, DerekHunter.Locals.com. I will uh, put the Weekend F and Review and everything that goes up on uh, the Patreon site will go there as well. So if you didn't want to do Patreon, but you want to hear, there's actually this weekend's episode, I put it up as a test, and it seems to be playing and whatever. So if you want to hear the Weekend F and Review uh, for free, just go to Derek Hunter, D-E-R-E-K Hunter, dot locals dot com, and it'll be the first thing there, aside from my ugly ass face. So check it out. Otherwise, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast is where it's at. It's uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not used to working locals yet. I'm, maybe it'll be easier, but I'm just telling you that it's up and running as promised a little bit later than promised but as promised all right uh don't forget oh, this week's book contest is a pretty awesome one hate crime hoax by wilford riley versus why we don't suck by dennis leary both autographed by the authors check them out enter at uh hell oh crap i gotta put i'll put up the uh book contest at uh, the locals page too and you can uh, enter there as well so either one of them comment on the post you can probably if you join both for some weird reason i won't notice that your name is in the hat twice and you can increase your odds so uh, there's your little secret for the day peek behind the curtain now let's get on with the show there is a lot going on even though it is a holiday that president biden went down to uvalde texas it's amazing to me is that there's that barely made news. I didn't pay a lot of attention to the news over the weekend because I was trying to, you know, relax. But it, it, I did pay attention to social media. There was really nothing that Joe Biden, nobody on the left was saying, oh, he's such a wonderful leader. And nobody on the right was going, what an absolute lunatic. It just shocks me 
how much of a non-entity this president is most of the time. When you do see him on the news, what is he doing? He's up there going, oh, everybody else in the country is terrible but me. They're horrible. Why won't they give me what I want? And then you sit there and you go, well, what was it that you wanted, Joe? And, and you discover that it's something that he demands right now that he was against before. That he supports now, he was against in the past, or he's against now, but he was for in the past. And Like, well, maybe because nobody can keep up with you, Joe. Maybe because you're nuts. Maybe because you're a puppet. Maybe because of all these possibilities. They are really endless. And you just watch this senile old guy doddering through life and you go, I feel kind of bad. Should I, should I tell him? Should I, do I, do I make fun of this guy? Do I attack this guy? Do I criticize this guy? Or do I uh, let it slide because he's, he's sliding? And along those lines, there's a really interesting piece. It's long. It, could have, it would have been better served by an editor taking probably about half of it out. But you can read it. it is, uh, it's at Revolver News. It's entitled, I listened to 43 hours of Joe Biden clips from 1986 to 2018 looking for his childhood stutter. Now, if you notice, you know, pay attention to the president and the media's coverage of this president in particular. They scramble to find a way to explain why Joe Biden is so damn stupid. <laughs> For lack of, I, you know, there's no other way to put it. No, 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 no. He's a genius. He's a super genius. Nobody argues that. Nobody's arguing with anybody who points out, my God, Joe Biden's stupid. They don't say he's not. They try and explain why he is to try and lessen the fact that he is. Say, well, he's. He's stupid, but he's not that stupid is basically their argument. It's a weird argument to make because most people, if you really don't believe that somebody's stupid, you go, no, he's, he's actually a smart guy. But Joe's defenders are well, he's stupid. Yeah, but he's not that stupid. He's not as stupid as you think he is, which isn't, which is almost impossible, quite frankly, for him to be as stupid as I think he is. But he's been stupid for a very long time, way longer than he's been senile. But the stupidity and the senility now coming together in a sort of boolea base of destruction of our economy needs to be defended. And what did they come up with? What did his handlers come up with? It's, well, when he speaks, he's, uh, it's a childhood stutter. That's why he has problems. That's why he says stupid things. That's why he forgets who he's talking to or what he's talking about. That's why he answers a question about the uh, about COVID or answers a question about the border with an answer about uh, airplanes and masks. All of these things that we've watched this guy do over the past two years and actually even longer. What do they do? Well, he's in a childhood stutter as a childhood stutter. And so he focuses so hard on not stuttering that he um, he sometimes has difficulty formulating sentences. It's perfectly normal. It's all because of that. Ch- it's not because he's slipping. It's because of his childhood stutter. In fact, his sister, Revolver News, pointed this out to me. The Daily Mail back in April of this year quoted Joe Biden's sister, Valerie Biden Owens. Are you really proud of that name? I mean, I guess if you're getting cut in on the Hunter Biden action and Hunter has complained privately 
that he is the only one. He's basically supporting the whole family. He's raking in millions and supporting the whole family. So I wouldn't be surprised if Valerie Biden Owens wasn't involved in all of that. Because I love how uh, here in Maryland, Kathleen Kennedy Towns, I remember way back, way back in the day when Governor Ehrlich was elected, the radio ads and TV ads, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend. Like the tangential, look, she's a Kennedy. She's a related to a Kennedy. There's a Kennedy in it. Come on, Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. It's supposed to trigger something in the mind of a Democrat, something Pavlovian where they just go, oh, Kennedy, I must vote for a Kennedy. And I don't think that that's going to be the same for Biden in generation. People are going to be changing their names away from Biden. But the UK Daily Mail reported back in April President Joe Biden's sister, Valerie Biden-Owens, tore into, quote, Trump people for making fun of the president's sometimes halting delivery during speeches. Quote, from the time he was a little boy, he stuttered, Owens told L in an interview published Tuesday. Quote, this kid, he couldn't string more than three words together at a time. So I think when you see him pausing, And the unpleasant people around this country, the right wing, Trump people say, oh, look at him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It is remnants of when he was a kid and stuttered. She added, quote, humiliation has a long shelf life. Oh, I know we're going to have difficulty getting over the Biden presidency. That humiliation will ride with us for a while. But you sit there and you go stutter, 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 stutter. That doesn't explain saying stupid things. That doesn't explain saying stupid things, but it is used as a shield to deflect him saying stupid things. A guy named Dan Roche, who's a columnist for the Los Angeles Times, wrote a piece entitled, What Others See as Joe Biden's Mental Slips, I See as the Tricks of a Master Stutterer. So this guy for Revolver News decided, I'm going to go back and see if this stutter thing, if this speech pattern of Joe Biden's screwing up everything, getting everything wrong, seemingly forgetting what he's talking about, where he is, what he's saying. Let's see if that has been around for a while. So he went back to, uh, like the thing, 43 hours of video, God forbid. You watch 43 hours of Joe Biden's press conferences and Senate floor speeches and political appearances. My God. And he couldn't find any evidence of this so-called stutter. He actually he found three instances where he, he stammered over a word and one instance where he stammered over two separate words. And that was it. I don't know how stuttering works. I don't have one, thankfully. But I don't think it hits you hard in childhood, goes away with some work, and then later on in life comes back because you didn't continue to work. I think, you know, talking would be continuing to work on it. But somehow we're meant to believe that Joe Biden had his stutter return. Just came back out of nowhere. How did it get him? I don't know. Don't know. Seems like a bunch of garbage to me, but hey, what are you going to do? And by the way, you can find, and this guy did at Revolver News, found all sorts of examples of media outlets 
trying to justify Joe Biden's stutter, trying to whitewash Joe Biden's stutter. They all had their own pieces or Joe Biden's senility as no, no, no. It's just his childhood stutter. Midlife stutter just went away. But no journalist bothered to do any research. They just took the Democrats' word for it and ran with it, as they do with everything. They did the same thing with Barack Obama. Now, this guy argues that Barack Obama has a stutter. I would say that Barack Obama is not particularly bright, especially when not reading a teleprompter. But the L.A. Times wrote back in uh, 2010, I think it was, maybe 2012, because if you listen to Barack Obama's uh, 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 stutter, stammer, it, it wasn't a stutter because a st- 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 stutter is when you get stuck on a consonant usually. He was a, uh, um, er, uh, 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 it was that. It was his, if you were French, if we were French, when you have a French person speaking English, it becomes a, uh, I don't know the, uh, where are we going to the, uh, it's these people who vocalize pauses while they gather their thoughts. It is, um, in adults, particularly in politicians, it shows a, a lack, a, a laziness. Barack Obama, nobody's ever going to tell Barack Obama, hey, you know, you should probably stop this. There's no way you're not conscious of it once you're made aware of it. But a journalist named Megan Dom, Dom, D-A-U-M, wrote for the Los Angeles Times again, the following about Barack Obama explaining why it was he couldn't string together a coherent sentence without stammering and stuttering. Quote, but consider this. It's not that Obama can't speak clearly. It's that he employs the intellectual stammer. Not to be confused with a stutter, which the president decidedly does not have, the intellectual stammer signals a brain that is moving so fast that the mouth can't keep up. Yes, Barack Obama, nobody's trying to make this case with Joe Biden, but with Barack Obama, they tried to say, look, he's he's just so damn smart. His, his, His brain can't keep up with them. Or I'm sorry, his mouth can't keep up with him. (laughs) The stammer is commonly found among university professors. Barack Obama, they always say Barack Obama was a law professor. He was not a law professor. He spent one semester as a guest lecturer. And that was it. That would have been the gateway drug to getting a job as a law professor. But he must have done such a horrible job that he... uh, he didn't get offered when he wasn't recruited by anybody. Nobody was interested in him. It's kind of telling, isn't it? By the way, have you ever seen an interview with any of Barack Obama's former students? I haven't. Nothing from his past. Nobody ever. We're just told that it happened. And it was glorious. And that was it. I uh, said, uh, bah, bah, bah. this is commonly found among university professors, uh, characters in Woody Allen movies, and public thinkers of the sort that might appear on C-SPAN, but not CNN. Yes, Barry Soweto is just such a super genius. If you're a member or a fan of that subset, chances are the president's stammer doesn't bother you. In fact, you might even love him for it. He sounds just like your grad school roommate, especially when he drank too much scotch and attempted to expound on the Hegelian dialect. you imagine writing something like that as an adult about the president of the, any president of the United States, where you just sit there and you go, my God, 
I'd be embarrassed. But these are the very same people who are clamoring to cover up for Joe Biden. These are the people who are trying to uh, hide the decline, if you will. That's what's going on. And he lays out, and by the way, if you want to see it, you go to revolver.news. And you can, um, and I tweeted it out, it's, it retweeted it, it's somewhere in my Twitter feed now. Uh, he has the receipts. He links to the videos of Joe speaking back in the day. And you don't even have to go, I mean, you, you can do your, I'm not going to play any of them for you. But I've played plenty of clips of Joe Biden from the past to highlight how his opinions, his stances have changed dramatically because they have changed dramatically on every single thing. And if you listen to his speaking back then, there is no hesitation. There is no stammer. There is no stutter. There is no forgetting where you are. In fact, he speaks rather quickly. He's a speedy speaker, was a speedy speaker back when he was younger. He was still stupid. That's what makes Joe Biden so difficult to figure out. Is is he dumb or is he senile at this given moment? Senility comes and goes like a wave. Everybody's seen a physical depiction of a wavelength up up and down and up and down. There are peaks and valleys. And that is how senility comes in when it starts, when it's going. When it, you know, you have lower, Joe has more lower times now than he used to. But he still has some times above the line, particularly when he white knuckles it on the podium and tries to read along with the teleprompter. When his eyes move away, his black doll's eyes, his shark eyes, when they move away from the teleprompter, that's when he kind of gets into a problem. That's when the white knuckling on the podium of him holding on, going, please read the teleprompter, changes from his clinching the teleprompter to his staff clinching their trousers, thinking, oh, God, what is he going to do? Don't look away from the teleprompter. Don't look away from the teleprompter. You didn't get that back in the 80s. You didn't get that back in the 90s. You didn't even really get that when he was vice president. Oh, he sure he said a lot of stupid things as vice president. But he didn't say a lot of, what the hell was that, things. He didn't say a lot of, wow, he just changed the subject mid-sentence or he has no idea who he's talking to. He did the stupid, hey, come on, stand up, Joey, or whatever. And, oh, God, love you. Sorry, the guy who was in the wheelchair. That's just stupid. That's not paying attention. Joe Biden nowadays would probably insist, like, come on, stand up, Joey. Why aren't you standing up, Joey? Come on, Joey. What do you? He would keep going because he wouldn't be aware of it. That's the difference between being dumb and being senile. The scariest part is he's the president of the United States. So if you're, you're interested in this, go to revolver.news, find this story, and you can uh, look at all the different places. There's all the videos you can see for yourself. Nobody in the mainstream liberal media will do this. Nobody in the widespread, widely read media will do this. They won't. They're too busy saying, no, no, no. It's his childhood stutter come back. I don't know. Does the childhood limp come back? Does the childhood at the other end of your life do other things from your childhood come back? I know your life flashes before your eyes, but uh, I don't think that's what they're talking about here. I think they're just covering for a senile, dumb person. I uh, I did see that uh, 
Top Gun made $150 million over the weekend, which is, which is amazing. Awesome. It, it, the first one 36 years ago, back when Joe Biden just turned 68. <laughs> he was still unaware of it. No, I didn't go see it. I, I want to see it. I don't know if I'll actually get the time to go see it. It's one of those things where you're like, I would like to, but it's not a priority. I had a busy June. Not super happy about having such a busy June. But um, I got other things of a personal nature I'd rather take care of. But it's seeing Top Gun. I want to see it on a on a IMAX screen. But if uh, something else big comes out in a couple of weeks, I'll probably yank it. So I don't know. I'd go to a... I'd like to go to like a one o'clock showing of Top Gun a couple of weeks after it's already been out. So I don't have nothing against crowds. I just don't. There's nothing more annoying than watching a movie where you're sitting there and you can't hear the words. People are laughing. People are. I bet you this is the kind of movie that people applaud randomly in or like when Val Kilmer shows up, they go, "Ooh, it's Val Kilmer or whatever. I, I know what Val Kilmer looks like. I don't care. I want to hear what Val Kilmer has to say. So I will wait until it's less crowded. You see these lunatics over there? I just, I'm looking at the, uh, the web here, and I see the Tom Cruise picture, and then I see this. Man arrested after smearing Mona Lisa with cake at Louvre. Not really smearing the Mona Lisa with cake. Far, unless there's some weird reason that this guy managed to get behind the glass. But the story, the 36-year-old man has been arrested and placed in psychiatric care after he smeared a glass screen encasing the Mona Lisa with cake, prosecutors said on Monday, in a purported protest against artists not focusing enough on the planet. An environmental lunatic, yeah, Michelangelo, hey, you did, or Da Vinci, you, uh, you're not focusing enough on the planet. Well, I hate to break it to you, dude. But uh, Leonardo da Vinci is a part of the planet now. He's gone. He can't get much more focused on the planet. It's <laughs> a good case for the insanity defense. I haven't seen any of da Vinci's work address the trans issue today. Well, he was gay, but no, 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 you shut your mouth. doesn't matter. It's different. He's a gay man. He might as well be straight. Officials at the Louvre Museum in Paris, where the enigmatic portrait holds place of uh, pride of place, declined to comment on the bizarre incident on Sunday, which was captured on several phones and circulated widely on social media. I don't know if you've ever been to the Louvre. I myself have been to the Louvre. I tell you, I did the whole thing in just a few hours, a couple of hours. I am one of those people who does not need to sit there and study the brushstrokes. And, oh, look at the lighting of it. No, I look at a picture and I got it. I got it. And, you want, and some of those things, like the coronation of Napoleon, it's huge. And you sit there and you go, how in the hell did anybody paint something? I, if I had a canvas the size of the house I grew up in, quite frankly, um, if I had a canvas that big and I was told to paint people, everything would be way out of proportion. And no matter what I painted, it'd be way out of proportion. There's no way I could look. I can't look at a piece of paper and sort of make things proportional. 
enjoying that. So when you sit there and you go to get the size of literally like 25 feet across or whatever, no, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty. But uh, those people could do it back then. But I saw all this stuff, and I walked around, and I, I looked at it, and I looked at it. But you come into the room, and you keep seeing these little signs on these little stanchions going in there, but they don't say it. There's just a picture back when I was there. I think I probably went to the Lude the first time. I don't know if I went back a second time. Uh, but it was probably 1997. And as you're walking through, there's these little stanchions up with a, a photocopy, printed, computer-printed, Mona Lisa and an arrow this way, that way, the other way throughout the whole damn thing, like the whole museum, everywhere you go, there's some amazing stuff in there, but it's all about Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. And it's all you heard about when you, when it's not like you tell people you're going to France and they won't shut up about Mona Lisa, but it is probably the most famous piece of art in history that exists today. And so you're walking around and you go, Ooh, I'm getting closer. I got to be getting closer to the Mona Lisa. I must be getting closer to the Mona Lisa. And then you get there and it's tiny. It's tiny, first of all. All the other things which are way more impressive than the Mona Lisa, quite frankly, are everywhere. And nobody's paying any attention to Nobody gives a damn. There's this small painting. It's, I don't know, it's not very big, maybe 16 by 20, maybe a little bit bigger now. It's 32 inches at the most with the frame. And it's behind glass. Okay, it's got its own special section. It's got a big section and it's behind glass. So you can't, because people steal it. People touch it. People would, people are stupid and there are crazy people who would smear cream pies on it for the planet. So it has to be protected. Thank God they're going after the one behind glass and not one of the other priceless pieces of art that you can actually touch if you wanted to. But it's behind glass, and then that glass, it's not only behind glass, it's behind, I don't know, 10 rows of people. Now, I was there in the late, late 90s, 97 and 99. I don't remember. I think it was probably the 97 time I went to the loop. You... uh it wasn't camera phones. There weren't camera phones, so people had digital cameras. But it was all, everybody's above their head because everybody's taking pictures over everybody else. And it's like, it reminded me of the concert when I saw you two on the main floor. And like, oh, we got good seats. We can sit here and enjoy the show. Well, then the band comes out and everybody stands up. Like, all right, well, we're, we're still at the same height differential as we were when we were all sitting down. But now we're standing up. Okay, this is, and then some idiot goes, I'm going to, let's stand on the chairs. So we stand on the chairs. Once one person stands in the chair, everybody's got to stand on the chair because you got to look past the wall of morons in front of you who are standing on their chairs. So you're suddenly all standing on your chairs. And guess what? You're at the same exact height differential as you were when you were sitting, when you were standing, and now you're standing on a chair. And you're like, this is stupid. This is really, I didn't see any rows because all the chairs were linked together. I didn't see any rows of, uh, it was at the Pontiac Silverdome. So they were movable chairs, folding chairs, but they locked together. So if like somebody really wanted to tip over their whole row, they, they could. I didn't see that happen, but they could have. But it was just stupid. You're standing there on your chair, which gives you like two square feet to stand on instead of standing on the, the solid ground and watching it. 
It's kind of that way at the Louvre when you're not standing on anything, but everybody's got their phones or their cameras above their heads and they're taking pictures, and then everybody else has to put their cameras above their heads to get try and get past everybody else standing there staring at the stupid thing. And you can fight your way up to the front if you want, if you're patient, if you want to elbow your way through, and you can get a good picture. And everywhere it says, like, no photography. Nobody gave a damn. Nobody paid any attention to it. And no flash photography, and there are flash bulbs going off left and right. And I don't know what's wrong with people. We as a species are getting incredibly stupid. But if you take a picture of a, a piece of glass and whatever else is behind you, want to get a picture of whatever's behind it, and you have your flash on, what you're going to get is a picture of a bright flash reflected back to you on a piece of glass. And then maybe the hint of whatever it was. Now, 1997 was... There were, hell, I don't even remember. I don't think there were digital cameras. So you're doing this, and you're uh, you're not going to find out until two weeks later when you get to the photo mat that your picture of the Mona Lisa is crap because you didn't turn the flash off. <laughs> we're so stupid. Uh, yeah, kids today, what are you going to do? But uh, th- that was my experience with the Mona Lisa. And now they're starting to vandalize art. And you sit there and you say, well, this was glass. It was probably planned. You watch. I'm going to throw down a marker right now. It is Memorial Day 2022. I would say by Memorial Day 2025, if it'll even take that long, I actually think it'll probably be either this year or next year. Certainly before 2030 when all the AOCs and what Greta Turdburglers are saying we're all going to die. By the end of this year, but really 2025, my prediction, these activists that are gluing themselves to glass on buildings and gluing themselves to streets and everything because they're protesting, they will destroy works of art. They will destroy. It's going to be, and it's sad to say that when my kids grow up, they will not be able to go to a museum and enjoy seeing, because if you see a Van Gogh, the great thing about a Van Gogh is getting up real close to a Van Gogh and looking at the contours and the textures of the paint. Very, it it's, seems haphazard maybe, but it, it's not. And you can, you can see that, like, well, they just put the brush in right there and took it right back out. You can, you can see it. It becomes a 3D painting when, upon close inspection. You're not going to be able to do that. Because I guarantee you that some left-wing jackass is going to ruin priceless work of art or priceless works of art. They're going to go full bore crazy and think, well, we've, if we, somebody will glue themselves to the coronation of Napoleon I or somebody will glue themselves to something else and then the museums are going to have to encase everything in glass. Because we can't control, well, we can control ourselves. It's idiots. It'll ruin everything. You can see why the leftists, when it comes to gun control, when some monster does something really stupid, they want to punish everybody. So it's kind of their business model. For the environmental justice lunatics out there, they want to ruin the experience for everybody. So they're hoping that one lunatic can do something to just ruin the time for everybody else. So I feel bad for future generations. If it's, 
I guarantee you, though, as we get closer to the 2030 deadline when AOC and all these morons say we're all going to die and it's the point of no return, they will get more and more desperate. There are people who are getting sterilized right now because they believe in that garbage. There are people who are sitting there saying we need to eliminate half the population of the planet to save the planet. Which, some people would like to kill everybody on the planet to save the planet. At which point you just go, "What? save the planet for what? Okay. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you start with you, jump off a bridge, and then we'll see how that goes. And then maybe some other people will follow you. But don't try to kill everybody. But it, there's a mental disease going around with these liberal progressive philosophies that will ruin just about everything. And it looks like they've set their sights on the art world. So be ready for it. Get to a museum before it's too late. Honestly, that would be my advice. I do want to play you this, uh, talking about insane Joe Biden. And what have you. I want to play you this Katie Turr speech. Joe Biden went down to Uvalde, Texas over the weekend. And again, it's just bizarre that there was no... No, nothing out of it. It was a, It's like a non-event. The president, maybe it's because it's a holiday weekend and it probably would have been good if the Supreme Court had just um, released their abortion decision on Friday. Everybody's kind of out of town. Everybody's kind of checked out. And the, all the B team was on cable news. To They wouldn't be able to rile everybody up. I assume ratings were way down for cable news over the weekend. There would have been a lot of things. But you wouldn't know that Joe Biden went down there. And I suppose that's good. You don't want the president coming in and making a giant political statement out of a tragedy. But the president does that. He's already done it. If you go to the town, I suspect a lot of people there were not fans of Joe Biden. And he probably didn't want to do too much. I am surprised that CNN hasn't done a town hall. But again, they likely reached out to the families and the families told them to get bent. So maybe they got bent doing a town hall in Uvalde featuring nobody from Uvalde's or, you know, nine guests and two are from Uvalde and the rest are left wing experts is probably a little bit too much even for the bookers at CNN. But the journalists, and that's what she considers herself, the journalists over at MSNBC, Katie Turr has a... uh, she went off script. She was on message, but she was off script. She is not doing journalism in this. She's supposed to be. She's one of those people they put out as, no, no, we have real journalists. Look at Katie Turd. She went off about AR-15 style weapons. Now, it's never, it's always the weapon itself, isn't it? It's always the weapon itself. It's never the person who did it. You will be hard-pressed to find something in uh, in the media that blames the shooter. The New Yorker magazine, let me find this here. New Yorker magazine's politi- one of the political cartoonists there, there you go, uh, is a guy named Barry Blitt. <laughs> I didn't name him, don't take it up with me. Barry Blitt. Well, a senior editor for the New York Times tweeted out this. It says, uh, the New Yorker's Barry Blitt does not pull his punches. Ooh, see, echo chamber. I love how these people act like they're brave when they agree with everybody in their social circle. Like, oh, that's so brave. No, it's not. 
<laughs> Preaching to the choir is one of the safest things you could do. But the political drawings that he did is there's Ted Cruz, there's Mitch McConnell, there's Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, drawings, and they're painting, and they're praying, and they've all got blood on their hands. The left is absolutely furious at Republicans for something a an 18-year-old crazy person who likely, if he'd ever voted or thought about politics, is a liberal, 18-year-old Hispanic guy. A lot of checks against him, not very bright to begin with, crazy. So those are all the things that the hallmark of, of progressivism. But there's no drawing of the guy who actually did have blood on his hands. There is no condemnation of the guy who actually does have blood on his hands, the guy who did this, the guy who's currently roasting on a spit for all eternity in hell. There's no condemnation of that. They don't care. Katie Turr blames the weapon. Now, what is an AR-15 style weapon? An AR-15 is a particular model of firearm. An AR-15 style weapon can be anything, just like an assault weapon can be anything. Is there a hug gun somewhere? No, not that I'm aware of. But they want to just write these things and write these laws and pass these statutes using these vague terms. Why? So that they can interpret them in many ways going forward. They don't want to get specific. Listen to Katie Turr. I guarantee you she wouldn't be able to pick out an AR-15. If you put 10 different guns out in front of her, hell, two different guns in front of her, as long as they were both rifles, she probably would not be able to differentiate between the two. But the problem, she says, is an AR-15-style weapon and people being able to buy them. Every country in the world has mental health issues. Every single country. The only country that's different is ours it's because of our access to guns. The amount of guns that we have, the, the ability to easily walk in to any store and get an AR-15-style weapon or an AR-15, a weapon that was intended, that was built for soldiers on the battlefield, instead is being handed to 18-year-olds days after their 18th birthday who are, as Ted Cruz put it, violent psychopaths. They're not designed for... The AR-15 was not designed for soldiers. It's a semi-automatic weapon. Soldiers get automatic weapons because in times of war, you can't go... You can, you can flip a switch, but the automatic weapons are really difficult. I wouldn't say impossible, but really, really difficult to get in the United States of America. She doesn't know. She's referring to AR-15 style weapons, not the way it functions, because it functions like any other rifle, except for maybe a, a single shot bolt action rifle. It's the design. It's the scary nature of it. That's it. Now, granted, you know, you look at it, and if you don't know anything about firearms, you go, that's a kind of, that's a serious looking gun. And you could have a gun made out of uh, pink metal, and it would be just as deadly. It doesn't really matter what it looks like. You take the barrel shroud off, and uh, it's still just as deadly. But it looks scary with that barrel shroud on. That's what she's talking about. The scary nature of the look of the weapon. They all function the same. They'll kill a human being. In the wrong hands, in the hands of a monster, you can do serious damage with just about any kind of weapon. 
But the memo went out. It's AR-15 style. It's no longer assault weapons. AR-15 style. Well, what the hell is AR-15 style? Go just Google rifles, and you will see. You'll see some, you know, like bolt action, 30-06, what have you. But then you'll see a whole bunch of pictures of various rifles that are all functionally the same. Some will have different attachments and a different kind of scope. But that's it. They just want the ability to pick and choose what they want to ban. So if they say we need to ban AR-15, ban AR-15, there are lots of different rifles out there that would not qualify. There aren't AR-15s. So they just want the AR-15 style. What does that mean? It has a, like, you hold it against your shoulder as you fire? What is it? A barrel shroud, a secondary hand? How do you define it? It doesn't matter. They want to define it the way they want to define various terms. They want to, the way they want to define gender, where it can mean literally anything you want at any given moment. You just make it up as you go. <laughs> it can just be anything. That's what they ultimately want. It is insane. It is dangerous. It is anti-American. But they've got emotion on their side right now. This is why, and this is, frankly, this is why, because you sit there and you go, what the hell is wrong with Democrats? That they would strike, that they would cause a scene, that they would do what they're doing so quickly after a tragedy. Well, they can't help themselves. They really, really want this, and they're opportunists. But if you look at it, quite frankly, and I don't mean this to sound rude or anything, but the country's already kind of moving on. Life has to move on. It just has to. If you just stayed frozen in your worst moments, you would go insane. You would literally go insane. You have to move on. Society moves on. And you can say, my God, we have a, a ridiculous you know, attention span. And you're right. We do have, an, as a culture, as a society, we have a ridiculously short attention span. We also have people who lie all the time. And it's the benefit of the left that we move on quickly in many ways. The New York Times has a, had an editorial this weekend. A heartbroken nation. They got all the... I just want to read you the opening bit of the opening paragraph. Because it illustrates what Katie Turner is saying. It's the gun. It's the gun's fault. The United States seems to be failing to protect its people by the week. Why? It's weird. None of these calls for gun control happened after James Hodgkinson, the you know, Democrat in good standing, tried to kill all those Republicans on that baseball field in Virginia. They didn't make they moved on. It was the Democrats who moved on really quickly there. The uh, editorial continues. With the gun massacre in East Buffalo, followed by the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, many Americans have spent the past few days gripped by overwhelming incredulity and grief, exhausting exhaustion and fury over the loss of life. What can be done beyond living with the heartbreak? 
I'll draw attention. Uh, there's a lot that can be gleaned from this. A lot can be set up. But the first part of that sentence, with the gun massacre in East Buffalo, the gun massacre in East Buffalo, a monster, an insane, unstable, racist piece of garbage went in and killed people. It wasn't a gun that did it. The gun is indifferent. The gun doesn't care. The gun doesn't go, hey, look, there's a, there's a black guy over there. There's a white guy over there. Let's do this, that, and the other thing. Or there's somebody who's encroaching on your turf to sell drugs. If you want to put it in terms that Democrats don't really care about, all well, the shootings in Chicago. It is not a gun massacre any more than it was an attack by a car in Waukesha. You know, the terror attack that never happened that was wiped from its memory once it was discovered that it was a racist black guy who did it and targeted white people on purpose. It doesn't matter. It is not the inanimate object. It is the individual controlling the inanimate object. I say it all the time, but only because it's true and it needs to be repeated until people learn it. You set a pistol on the table in front of you, that is a paperweight. It is nothing. It means nothing. It can do nothing to you. It's just sitting there. It might as well be a cup of coffee. It might as well be a rocket. It might as well be a bag of peanuts. It's how it's used can turn it into a deadly weapon. You can beat somebody to death with a coffee mug if you wanted to. You could shoot them with the gun. If somebody had peanut allergies, you could literally kill them by opening up the peanuts. The options are limitless if you're hell-bent on evil. But unless and until you do something, all of those things are inanimate objects. They are harmless, just sitting there. It requires an evil person to do something with it. Your car sitting in your driveway or sitting in your garage is not hurting anybody, despite what the environmental lunatics would say. You drive your car according to the law, you're not hurting anybody, aside, in spite of what the lunatic leftist environmentalists say. You get drunk like Nancy Pelosi's husband and run over people, then it's different. But it wasn't the car that did it. The car didn't know you... You put in too hot. We gave your car a blood test, and it's got 93 octane. So we're going to have to book your car on drunk driving charges. No. No, no. That's not how it works. Why is it different for the gun? Oh, there's a proliferation of guns. Yeah, there's a lot of guns in this country. And if you listened to the left and you believed what they said, that the weapon is the cause, the weapon is the reason, then we should not be having these massacres, these shootings, these horrible events every once in a while. They should be happening constantly. There are more guns in this country than people. Then how is it that people are still alive if the gun is hell-bent on killing? How is it that people are still alive? You can't ask that question. You can't ask common sense questions. You can't point out these things to these people. That's not the way they work. Should be. 
is it's rational and logical. And if you really want to address the problem without infringing on the rights of everybody else, you find a way to deal with the mental health aspect of this. But the left doesn't want to. They don't care about the mental health aspect. Hell, they're Democrat voters. They want to punish everybody because they don't like that you exist wrong in their eyes. That's really what it comes down to. It's about control. People who can defend themselves even a little bit are not fully under control. And Democrats definitely want to get everybody fully under control. All right, you know what? It is Memorial Day. I'm just going to stop. I had a couple of other things, but uh, they can wait until tomorrow. I've got a lot of stuff on my mind recently, lately, that I will probably uh, probably tell you. I don't know what good it'll do. But um, in the next couple of days, we'll see. I have, to fi- I have to figure out how to put it in my terms so that I can make sense of it before I can make sense of it to anybody else, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe if I can sort of blurt out the words, you guys can help me make sense of it. I don't I don't know. But anyway, right now it's just too damn nice out, and actually it's going to get hotter and miserable. I'm supposed to play golf today. I suck at golf, but I'll go and have fun because I like hanging out with my friend. And uh, appreciate you listening sort through all this crap and uh, we'll be back here tomorrow don't forget patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and Derek Hunter locals.com that one is still working but it's up it's running it's going thank you for the support thanks for your ears I'll see you tomorrow hope you had a good holiday